Welcome to Show Your Scars with me, Jordan Angeli, a look inside the journey back from a devastating injury. Although we may not choose for this to happen to us, we appreciate who we've become in the process. Now, let's dive into this week's episode as we share our strength and show our scars with pride. What's up, Show Your Scars? Jordan here enjoying a nice snowy day in Denver and excited to bring to you this new guest of mine today. And I think I'm most excited because I feel like this interview challenged me. And in challenging me, I feel like Tash really got some good information conveyed about her recovery. Guys, this girl is amazing. I could go on and on about her accolades as far as it goes in the dancing world. She is a top class performer. She is from Australia and toured around Australia dancing and living out her dream and now currently lives in the Los Angeles area doing the same thing here in LA and just pursuing with everything she has what she has loved since she was a kid. I'm excited for you to listen to what Tash has to say because she's pretty open and honest and what happens when you're open and honest with yourself and with others is that remarkable things can happen and you get to see that with Tash. She has moments of happiness and moments of hardship even through this interview but that vulnerability allows us to really tap into her strength. So I hope you guys enjoy this. Here is Tash Marconi. Cool. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm really excited to talk to you. How is you live in LA, correct? Yeah, living in LA at the moment. Cool. Well, I'm excited to talk to you. And I think one of the things that I'm why personally I'm really excited is because I one of my goals in two thousand eighteen or or words that I'm like trying to be intentional on is this Mm -hmm. idea of humility and I think humility is expressed in a lot of different ways and one of those is just learning something new and I'm excited because you're a dancer and that's something so new to me so um, yeah yeah, I'm really excited to talk to you and kind of dive into that and get into what this means for you as a dancer going through your injury but first to start off I want to know more about you like where are you from and do you remember that moment or that year that you fell in love with dance um yes I I'm from Sydney in Australia Mm -hmm. um grew up there um I kind of I've been dancing since I was literally like three years old okay um but I I kind of remember being around like I think I was like 10 or so and being in a ballet class like with the older girls that were probably two or three years older than me and being able to like my teacher had put me in there to push and like improve but I remember kind of being able to kind of keep up with them or what I probably thought at that age I was getting up right, with right. <laughs> and being like oh my god like I love this like at that point I thought I wanted to be a ballerina but I was just like oh my god like I'm being at the bar and being like this is everything like I feel so good about myself and like just falling in love with it mm-hmm. um, and then I kind of just like I kept doing it but I kind of I don't know I like never thought of it as a way of like I guess turning it into a career and making a living off it it was always just like 
something I loved, I knew I wanted to do something with it. Like, you know, every dancer kind of goes through the different stages of the category that I guess you're in love with. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was like, um, I when I was like 15, I thought I wanted to do Cirque du Soleil, and I was like, yeah, like. And a dancer, an acrobat, because I used to tumble a lot and stuff. And, like, watching those shows was mesmerizing. So I was like, okay, maybe that's what I want to do. And then it kind of went to, like, contemporary. But I always still thought I was going to, like, you know, go to university and have a job. And that would just be, like, I don't know, my other Uh part of my life. And then um, I graduated school. I uh got accepted into university, so our version of college, Okay. Um, and got a full scholarship um, to it, mainly because I went to a school that was very much like, you know, oh, you have so much potential, like, to do anything you want, blah, 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 you should stop dancing um, and focus on your studies. And I was like, well, no, yeah, like, because that's something that brings me happiness, and I really want to do that too. So I was really big on, like, trying to prove to my teachers that, any student to come after me could like focus on their love, you know, whether it's soccer, gymnastics, whatever, that they can devote themselves to that, but also like do really well at school, you know, to choose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was a really cool moment for me. Like, um, yeah, getting a scholarship and ducks of my year. And then my parents were like, yeah, he's going to go to college. And then I did a full-time uh, dance course for a year in my gap year. Okay. So um, you get like a, a certificate for in performing arts, um, which is like a small accreditation, but you basically dance nine to five, um, wow. Monday through Friday. Wow. Um, and we did a bit of like singing and acting and we've got body conditioning and everything, but you're basically just dancing and trying to find yourself and people come in from the industry and, you know, teach you and talk about it and all that stuff. And that year I kind of, uh, I'd started working when I was 15, like on little jobs here and there, kind of being like the younger generation to the, the older girls on jobs and kind of going like, oh. Like, on jobs like as this, in like, coaching, like with other dancing or what do you mean by jobs? Oh, as in like paid jobs, like um, performances. Performances, gotcha. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and that's when I kind of saw like a different side of dance it's like the commercial world which is more like film clips and artist performances and live performances and stuff and I was like wow I think I actually like this kind of stuff um and then I actually got to work on X Factor when I was 18 during that full-time dance course um for a while and that's, that was kind of the moment that I went wow I really like this I mm-hmm. think like I'm going to give this a shot at making it my life yeah. Um, and yeah, the next year I enrolled in university for one day uh, <laughs> because my parents really wanted me to go. And then literally just after I enrolled, I booked my first show up in Queensland in Australia. Uh-huh. For, I was there for like two and a half, three months. And so I was like, well, I'm not going to go study. I'm going to chase what I love and my passion for yeah. right now and see how it goes. And yeah, it turned out really well. <laughs> right. And how was that? Um, was that a difficult moment for you and your family? And um, Or di- were they super supportive of what you, you know, choosing something that you were passionate about and you did love to do with everything that you were? Um, they, they were supportive, but they definitely weren't the type of parents that were like, well, no, like, we don't believe in this. But they were just very upset because I guess, 
they came from like um, South America and never got the chance to really go to university and okay. study what they wanted. So in their head, it was like, oh, but university opens doors. They'd never mm-hmm. seen anyone follow like a passion in the arts and actually yeah. make something out of it. So for them, they were just worried for like, I guess my well-being. Like, they're yeah. like, oh no, like, yeah. what does this mean for her? But I see, but they still were so supportive. Like, they flew up to watch the show and like were so proud. And they always say watching me on stage that day, they were kind of like, oh, she's meant for this. I get like, it. Whether it works out or not, like, this is what she's born to do. So wow. they're going to love her and like get over it. <laughs> do you remember that feeling when they said that to you? Like, this is what yeah. you're meant to do? Well, how did that feel? It felt amazing. Like, I don't know, it just felt so nice to, sh- like, I'd always had their support anyway, but mm-hmm. it felt so special to know that they, like, believed in me right? as much as I believed in myself. Mm-hmm. What made um, you know that in that decision, so between university and, and pursuing a career in the arts, what what, was there something within you or was there a moment that you realized, like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing and I'm going to have to go a different path? Um, what made that seem feel right? Um, oh, it would be a few. I remember I did this workshop with like an American dancer that I adored. Mm-hmm. I think her name was Sabra. She was from So You Think You Can Dance US. She came Love that show. Sport. Yeah, I know. It's amazing. <laughs> and I was like kid obsessed with her. Like she watched everything she did, learn her solos and stuff. And she came and taught. And I went and did the class and I was being the youngest in there. And I was just in love with her movement. Like, I was just absolutely in love with the dance and going out and everything. And she picked me out to dance with a boy that who was a bit older than me who I had always looked up to. Mm-hmm. And I guess, like, I remember vividly, like, performing that in front of everyone and knowing in myself, like, I was like, okay, like, you're good enough for this. If you mm-hmm. really want it, like, I'm going to have to work my ass off. Yeah. But, like... I really, really know that I can do this. And then that first episode of X Factor being with people who were, you know, I was 18 and the oldest was probably in her 30s mm-hmm. and, like, an absolute legend, like a legend in dance. Yeah. And I remember being, like, so quiet that week just trying to learn everything of watching them and just being in awe that, like, I had, like, finally gotten to a place that I wanted to and, like, around these people and just seeing the way that they, like, spoke and acted and talking about the things that they'd done in their career and what they were doing. I just remember being so like in love and slightly obsessed and being like, that's what I want. That's what I want to be. So yeah. like, I just got to follow them. And yeah. like, you know, I'm not going to go to uni. I'm going to just focus on my dancing and, you know, just kind of see what happens. I didn't even really know what it would be like, I guess. Yeah. Until that age, I kind of still sheltered. Like you live at home, you're studying, so you might go to auditions here and there, work a bit, but I hadn't really lived the full like artist life of like it's auditions and it's yeah, having a side job and that's it. Yeah, it's oh, it's so much harder than you might <laughs> been as a kid. So at that point, I was just like, I want this, and mm-hmm. then soon enough, I was like, oh, this is the reality. Yeah, what's <laughs> what's interesting in what you were just saying is, I feel like that feeling translates to all different uh, sports and even to careers beyond, um, you know, physical athletic careers is that idea Mm -hmm. that 
I can do this. You know, there's a moment where you are in line with someone who is probably older than you, most likely, or someone that you've looked up to. And yeah, and you understand, like, they're not any different than I am. It just how yeah. do I close that gap? And I think that was really Absolutely. cool that you're that you mentioned that, you know, that it was one that lady picked you out and believed in you. So that belief is a big thing. But also finding Absolutely. that within yourself saying like, Oh, I can hang I could do this. If I really wanted it, I could do this. Yeah, absolutely. I believe that it's very much in all careers. Like even with my students, I say to them, I'm sure that you look up to a painter. Yeah. Or you look up to an actress who's living in LA or a soccer player, a hockey player who's like Olympus that's ticked off this goal. And mm-hmm. there's a moment in your training where you either do something, uh, do well at something and are recognized for it. Or there's a moment within yourself where you're like, I love this and I can do it. Yeah. And now it's the climb upwards and who knows how that path's going to pan out. But I know within myself that like, I've at least got to give it a shot. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. That's, I love that. I, I think that's awesome. And is that, so you, you become a professional, you decide that that's what you're going to do and pursue, um, this career of, of dancing. And did you say in Australia long or what I'm, I'm guessing you were brought to LA to dance here, or did you come here on a whim hoping like, this is where I need to be in order to go to the next level? Um, kind of on a whim. So I stayed in Australia until I was, I moved here when I was 25, no, 24. Okay. Um, so I stayed in Australia for a good amount of years and worked a lot commercially and then moved into a bit of musical theatre. Um, the past, the last three years I had in Australia, I was touring Australia and internationally with some musicals. So I kind of like stepped So you can sing too? Kind of. Yeah, like I'm not oh, definitely girl. not a phenomenal singer, just like good enough to be in an ensemble. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, that was cool for me to like kind of move into a different area of dance. Mm-hmm. And um, it just it took one person to be like, oh, let's give her a shot. Because I guess I am definitely more of like primarily a dancer. So there was many auditions there where I got, you know, cut first round in dance and I'd be like what the hell like this is my thing blah blah mm-hmm. blah and then you know finally one day it worked out and then it was crazy from there it kind of just like kept going into different shows and it was really cool to like experience that and when I was on I actually hurt my ankle on when I was touring with Greece I tore a few ligaments in my foot and you know, like any athlete, you don't want to take time off. Mm-hmm. So I was like, no, like, I'm fine, I can do the shows. And then I kind of realized that, no, like, I definitely can't. And yeah. this is going to ruin my body for the rest of my career. So I need to take some time. And I had to take, like, I think it was, like, three or four weeks off. And also I was in Adelaide. So I was, like, away from my family, right. away from my friends, literally just sitting in someone else's house I was renting. And I was like, you know what? I've always wanted to go to LA. Like I always, I'd come here and trained a few times uh, on my own and with friends. And I kind of, you know, I really liked the vibe. I I thought it was a big push and it had always still been in the back of my mind. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to take this time to like start my visa, um, my O1 visa to be able to move over here. 
And so I took those four weeks and got in touch with a lawyer and kind of made it all happen. And then uh, once that show finished, I came here to kind of sort the rest of it out and make connections. And then, yeah, it got approved and I moved here in January in um, 2016. Okay. So it was that injury yeah. that kind of um, made you think outside of what was going on because you had time? or Yeah. Definitely, like, I'd always, because it, it had always been in the back of my head, I'd say to people, like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'm going to move to L.A., I'm going to move to L.A., blah, 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 and, like, when I had that time off without my foot and I kind of was, like, it was also a time when the show was ending soon, so I was, like, well, what's next for you? Like, what do you want? Where uh-huh. do I see myself? And I was, like, I've been saying I'm going to move to L.A. probably for about the past four years, and I was, like, haven't even started to make that happen. So I was, like, yep, time to, like, actually take action was what I'd been saying. So I was like, okay, um, yeah, I just kind of looked at my career and the trajectory and what I wanted. Like if I wanted to stay in Australia, continue doing that. But I guess my personality is kind of very much so like I like to be challenged consistently yeah, and I don't really I like, <laughs> yeah, settling into the same thing. So I was like, okay, this is going to be the scariest thing I've ever done in my life, but I just know that I have to give it a shot. Like, I can't, you know, turn 45 and be like, oh, wow, I wish I had moved to LA and just seen what it would be like. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And you, so in that first, because you got injured, what, your second year into being in LA? Would that have been your second year? You said 2015? Uh, In my first year. Your first year. 2016, yeah. Okay. So was the transition, um, I mean, that's a lot to go through, not only readjusting to where you're living, but then having to go through a major injury. Were there were there good moments before the injury happened that made you feel like you were in the right place, or was the injury yeah, pretty quick like, on? No, so I the injury was about nine months in. Okay. Um, so the first two months were hard, as it is for anyone. Like, I'm yeah. still moving across the world wherever someone chooses. It's like you've got to adjust and find, like, your own tribe of people that act as family, you know, and mm-hmm. have your best interests, and they think along the same lines as you and people that you can have when, you know, there's definitely moments where you question whether you should be there, how hard it is, like, the struggles that you're willing to, I guess, not put up with, but what you're willing to struggle through to, like, mm-hmm. keep shooting for what you want. Um, so the first two months were pretty rough, like, I, like, worked a little bit on some pretty cool things, but I still just didn't feel very, like, settled, I guess, or happy. Um, But then about six months in, I booked my first, like, um, artist performance on an American TV show. Okay. And that was kind of the moment where I went, okay, like, you know, as much as people say to you, good things take time and enjoy the process, I was really bad at having patience. Like, the worst possible person, like... I moved here and I was like, yep, I'm going to take my goals off in two months. Like, you know, <laughs> I'm going to work so hard. And then it's like that reality of being like, oh, no, like you just moved to a new country regardless of who you are and what, what your talents are and everything. Like you're a flea. Mm-hmm. You just, you know, you got to start from scratch. So that was like the beginning of my lessons into patience, I guess, mm. um, of learning to wait for things and, stay you know positive during all of it um but yeah that was kind of the first moment that I was like okay like this is really starting to you know 
show that I can I can do this. And then I worked with some awesome choreographers, um, TV show and assisted people who, who like are like the gods of choreography in Australia, uh, in America, mm-hmm. Nappy Tabs. Um, oh yeah, I know then, them. Yeah, yeah, they're from So You Think You Could Dance. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's so that was awesome. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it was really awesome. Um, and then I kind of like at the end of that uh, was yeah. I remember I was like about to start another job that I was really excited for. Like I was in a really good mental space. And then I went to class to like just train because I was like, oh, uh-huh. I feel like dancing. I should go. Went to class and literally it was like an hour and a half class. And in the last ten minutes. Um, we did it in small groups and in one of the sections there was like a jump, like the most basic jump probably ever. Mm-hmm. And I literally just jumped and when I landed, my foot slipped in like, uh, there was like a puddle of water from the air con that like <sighs> kind of drips. Um, and my foot just slipped in it and my knee went and yeah, <sighs> I was like, well, <laughs> yeah, wow. crazy luck. I remember hearing the pop. Yeah. And like feeling it, like, mm-hmm. you know, feeling like your leg has like dislocated itself in some really strange new way. Yeah. And being like, okay, like, I just need to sit down. I just need to sit down. But mine, mine didn't swell incredibly and it wasn't that painful. So I was kind of just like, oh, like, this feels weird. And like, went outside. And um, I don't know if you knew this, but I tore, I partially tore my ACL when I was 18, actually. Oh. Um, I did a mini, like, tear off the side of it, but, like, part of the ligament had gotten caught in my knee joint. Oh. So I had to have an arthroscopy to, like, clean it up. Okay. And, like, I went through rehab, but it was only, I think, three months. It wasn't too long. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, so I'd had a mini taste of it. Yeah. But the past six years since then, it had been so strong, like, I was still flipping. So it was purely, like, out of my mind. It had been and gone. And I was like, like, I never thought of it or anything. But this, once I did it and I kind of sat down and saw that, like, my range of motion was not so good, I was like, oh, no, like, I've done it. And at first I thought it was the other knee. So I was like, oh, my God, I've done my other knee. But hopefully it's just a small tear and I'll be fine. Right. And then I called my dad and he was like, is it your same knee? Like, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, my God, yes, like, oh. it is. And uh, it was heartbreaking, especially because, like, I was literally in L.A. Most of my friends were out of town. I had one friend who was here from Australia who's, like, he was about, like, 20 or 21, has never driven in in America. Oh, gosh. But he, like, called <laughs> over to me last minute. It was, like, now it can be hilarious, but at the time, like, yeah. he like, got an Uber to me and was like, oh, my God, like, what do we do? He like, do you want to go to the hospital or do you want to do this? Like, I don't know. And then yeah. another friend rocked up, like, in her pajamas because this class finished at, like, 11 p.m. So it was late. And then we were just like, oh, my God, like, I don't know what to do. I'm not sure. I was just, like, in shock. And also, too, that your mum can't be there at your side, like, calling her on FaceTime, being like, help me. Like, I don't right. know what's happening. Right. Um, it was crazy. It was like very very hard to kind of deal with it all but I kind of convinced myself enough to be like it's okay like you know I don't want to overreact until I know what I've actually done yeah and what it um kind of entails but I and well I went to get scans done here 
And the scans actually didn't show what it actually told me that I had two grade three meniscus tears. Um, And it said nothing about my ACL. It just said inconsistent. Hmm. Um, But the doctors here were like, oh, like you need to see a surgeon. And so straight away I booked flights home because I just wanted to be at home with my family regardless of the process. And also like, you know, I've been injured enough to know that I wanted to have the best physio I could have, the best surgeon. Yeah. And I didn't really know anyone in America. So I was like, I just need to go home so Mm -hmm. I can treat this properly. And at the time I left kind of, I was devastated. Like I vividly remember the moment getting the call about the meniscus tears and like dropping dead on the couch being like, Oh my God, like I'm finally in a really good place with my career and mentally and, you know, comfortable being in LA and now it's just got shut on. Like now I've just yeah. got to move back home for X amount of time. So yeah, it was unknown. Really, really, really hard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's important yeah. that you share those, those feelings too, you know, and that people hear that it is not like, it's, it's pretty normal to feel like that, to feel like, the rug is pulled out underneath you and you just have like collapse almost. And yeah. it's, it doesn't make you weak or um, less of a person or of an athlete. It just makes you human. And I think acknowledging those feelings makes it easier at the end to know that like you went through, you actually went through the emotions and didn't skirt around them where they're still building Absolutely. up within you. Yeah. I think that's, like, my dad taught me that since a young kid, like, to always feel my emotions. Really? And I think it's just, yeah, like, because I have, I have really bad anxiety and mm-hmm. things like that, that my dad has OCD, so he kind of knows his brain very well. Mm-hmm. And he'd always said, like, if you're sad, cry, scream, punch the pillows, feel it out, you know? Right. Give yourself a time limit to feel like absolute shit, and then... From there, we can work out what we need to do to get you feeling better again or what the solution is or things like that. So I'm very much like that. Like as soon as that happened, I was a mess. Like I couldn't even see through my tears. I couldn't speak. Like I literally remember being a vegetable on my couch while like people came over, packed up my entire apartment, Mm. packed up my suitcases, took my car and like made sure everything – like. I'm so, so grateful, and I always message my friends and tell them, but I'm so grateful for everything they did for me, because yeah. otherwise I would have literally just, like, stood at my apartment just, like, dumbfounded of what I had to do. Mm-hmm. But they, like, really, like, took care of everything. I remember sitting on the plane going home just, like, numb. Like, I was just like, oh, my God, I don't even know, like, what I'm doing, what comes next, right. how I'm going to get through this, how long is it going to take, like, nothing and then getting off at the airport in like a little wheelchair thing and my dad's face just like shattered being like oh my god that's the hardest I think to see your family go through that yeah Yeah. that was intense and then um I actually went I was meant to like have a meeting we're trying to find like a surgeon to get a proper opinion and everything Uh and my dad actually like oh I found um a physio like physiotherapist or physical therapist I think you call them that's like uh you know close to us it's got a whole rehab clinic kind of attached to it it's Mm -hmm. actually an incredible facility 
Um, What's it called? And one of the, it's called Hill Street Sports um, Medicine. Yeah. But it's really cool because they have uh, two surgeons specializing in these, like, with their offices there. Oh, okay, And then cool. they have an entire group of, like, physical trainers and physical therapists. And then they have a PT clinic and rehab clinic with an entire gym all connected to each other. So it's like while you go through your recovery, it's like everyone that you've worked with is there to kind of keep an eye on you. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So dad was like, I found this place. It looks really good. Like, I feel like um, I want to book you an appointment with a physio just to see. Like, he was like, A, to see if you like them and, you know, maybe they'll give us a second opinion. Right. And I was like, there's no point. I remember fighting him. Like, <laughs> there's no point in going. We know that I'm injured. Whatever. Like, yeah. So over it. And he was like, honestly, like, okay, then I'll cancel it. But he was like, I really think that you should just go. And then my mum was like, just go. Like, it's not gonna, you're not going to hear anything different probably. So just you might as well go and see if you like this place. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay. And I went and I went thinking, oh, I might have like hurt my ACL a little bit, but mainly I'm going to, I was researching meniscus tears right. and what they do with the staples and all this stuff. Uh-huh. So I like went and they did the, um, what's the test where they click your leg? Yeah, the... it's it has a name and I always, I, yeah. think, I think my brain does this purposefully. It doesn't remember what it's called. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you don't. That's why. <laughs> so, and they're like, relax, and your quad is like, oh, Yeah, no. don't do this, don't do this. <laughs> yeah, and so he jiggled it around and literally was like, okay. He's like, I'm just going to get the other physio to double check it too, but I'm pretty sure, yeah, you ruptured your ACL. And I was like, I've what? What do you mean? He's like, yeah, you've torn your ACL, so you'll need, you definitely need a reconstruction. And so casual because he thought I knew because it was like definitely all the symptoms and he just assumed that I'd known. And still to this day, his name's Denny. He's like my second dad. He is always like, I have never seen a reaction like that in my entire life. Like he said, I just wailed and was like flat on the bed crying and my poor dad was there trying to like console me but crying at the same time and being like well it's okay because that was the moment where I was like oh it's not three months this is going to be nine to twelve months like holy shit oh my gosh because he thought you already knew yeah he thought I already knew that like I needed a reconstruction so it was like what do you mean and that was the moment where I was like oh shit okay so like yeah my honestly I thought my career's over really in a sense like yeah I'm done that's kind of what I was going to ask you one of the questions I had is um if you if you doubted yourself and your ability to get back and if you did do you remember a moment in your recovery when you knew that you actually could do it um yeah I I doubted it for a very long time I like definitely the first I think like two or three months, um, you know, even like something so simple as like walking properly again, mm-hmm. I found the hardest. Like, you, know, it's like unless someone has experienced it, and I'm sure we all feel the same, it's like when you're describing it to your friends, you're like, unless you actually go through it, you don't understand how hard it is to not be able to like squat. Or, how, or walk. I mean, I think what you say, like walk. We don't remember yeah. learning to walk in the first place no, like, because we're like, so young. Like, so, 
does my hip go like this? Yeah. Like, I don't know. And you get exhausted so much quicker. Like, I think one thing that I would have done is, you, you know, I don't know, everyone's knee is different and mm-hmm. everyone, the way their body reacts is so different. So there's some, it's usually boys that, like, will injure themselves and they're walking, possibly even, like, running straight after. Yeah. Um, but for me, I was so scared to hurt myself again and so scared of everything. Like, I was using my crutches a lot at the beginning and I don't know if that just made me, like, take a little bit longer to kind of walk properly and things. Because it was purely my fear. My fear was so holding me back. So I was just right. like, oh, no, I could hurt myself again. Or like, I don't know if I'm ready. And Was it the it fear of re-injury or like a, a bigger, yeah. greater feel, fear? Okay, re-injury. I think the fear of re-injury. Yeah. You know, we all have those moments where like yeah. I actually met a boy that had done his ACL same leg. And he was about like three, I think three months ahead of me. I met him on a plane randomly to New York when I was going for Christmas with my family. Oh my gosh, I and, totally um, I totally stalked your Instagram and I saw that and I was like, this is the coolest story. That was one of the things I was going to ask you about. <laughs> yeah, it was absolutely crazy because we booked a whole like family trip to New York and everything um, and like... I wasn't going to go on it at first because I was just like, oh, I don't know if I can do all this walking and like if I even want to go. And then I was like, okay, I will go. But I had to get my own flight to LA because my flight's already booked from LA to New York. Okay. So I got in line for this plane and then the boy in front of me turned around and just started chatting and stuff. And I was like, oh, like this guy's really cool. And then I think he saw me like kind of touch my knee or something like that. Uh-huh. And he was like, oh, like, are you injured? And I was like, oh, yeah, explained my ACL. And he was like, you're kidding. He's like, I legit have done mine. I think he was at six months and I was at three months. And I was like, you're absolutely not. Are you joking? And we're like, whoa. And then it was just like, I was just like, what are the chances I meet someone? Right. And in a perfect moment too, because up until then, I doubted that I would get back running. I doubted, I doubted everything. So I have this person that was like, no, like, I'm back running, I'm back jumping, like, you can absolutely do it. And, like, even just seeing him do the stretch, like, where you pull your heel to your bum, uh-huh. and I couldn't even grab my foot, right. like, he was pulling it up, and he was like, you'll be able to do this, like, so soon. It was just so, it was so cool. And then, you know, we became actually really close friends, and he was the person that I would message always, being like, oh, my God. I was just walking and I kind of stubbed my toe and my knee feels weird. And I think, do you think I've torn it again? Like it just feels weird. And, you know, he'd laugh and be like, oh, my God, I used to have those moments all the time. Like, you're fine. You're absolutely fine. You're just freaking out. And, yeah, it was just really cool to have someone those few steps above to kind of relax your mind Mm -hmm. in all the crazy moments that you go through. That's really – well – and that you were open and like aware enough to be outside of like what you were thinking to even like, it's, you know, how many times would that conversation come up with someone on an airplane where they try to talk with you and we're like, we put our earbuds in, you know, to, yeah, yeah the fact that that was what you needed right then. And the, the timing of it all is really cool and, and cool that you were willing to be open to that conversation, you know, not knowing yeah. where it would lead, but it, it led you into this state of belief. Yeah. Gosh, life is Absolutely. so crazy cool sometimes. I know. That's, that's the moments where you're like, holy shit, there's so much we don't know. And yeah. there's so much like 
that is just like life literally does give you exactly what you need. Mm-hmm. Like at the precise moment, even my like my whole knee injury, you know, I all of us look back being like, but what was the reason? Like, you know, yeah. if you're a firm believer and everything happens for a reason, the whole time you're rehabbing, you're like, what's the reason for this? Blah blah blah. Like, why has it happened? And um, sometimes it's like I've learnt that sometimes negative, what feels like a negative experience, like a, you know, career-halting injury for a little while, is, like, the best thing that can ever happen to you. Like, I know that I had to go through that to become the person that I am now, to learn patience, to learn to have faith and trust in things, to learn who I am as a person without my career just like my true identity as a person and what I like other than that and what makes me happy and what matters like even though it was a year that at first I thought was going to be the worst year of my entire life in weird ways it was actually like the best Mm. I love that because it is it is so when you get to that moment and if you have faith throughout the process that there's going to be a moment like that, right? Like there's going to be a, there's going to be a purpose in this and I can't see it. Like I can't see it, but I know it's there. I think it allows you to get through some of those harder times a little, and, and it's not a lot, maybe a little bit easier with just that faith, with the belief, with the hope that there's something better to come. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to go back to the question you asked me about dancing, mm-hmm. how if there was a moment that I knew. Yes. Um, but, yeah, I I doubted it for a very long time <laughs> that I would dance again and yeah. dance, like, how I did. Um, but I remember one day that there was, like, um, I had to do jumps, but, like, in kind of, like, a first position, like, turned out ballet position. Okay. Um. And at I hadn't physio. done continuous. Yeah, at physio. Okay. Uh-huh. I'd only done like jump and hold, jump and hold, and right. like float. And my physio was like, okay, now you're going to keep going. And I was like, like, keep going, like do them. He was like, yep, do 10. And I was terrified. Like I remember being like, I can't do this. There's no way. Like, I just can't. No, I can't do this. And I was like, okay, let's go. And I did like, I remember doing one like the third one and I felt like my legs activate and it was like that bounce came back and I literally was like cheering myself I'm like oh my god I'm kind of dancing like oh and gosh. that was when my bro was like oh I was like okay like I know it's so basic and it's a jump but like my legs felt it they're like yeah they're gonna be here yeah that was like definitely a moment where I was like I'm gonna freaking do this even yeah. if it takes me longer even if you know Whatever, like it's just gonna take time, but I'm definitely gonna get there. That's probably the first. Moment. Yeah, that's that was the moment that you realized you could do it. Yeah. Ugh. My, I got a little teary eyed there because I just think it's so like when people tap into that strength within them and they realize that they are capable of amazing things and in some things that we doubt and we don't think is possible and then when we figure out that we can do it it's like the most freeing feeling and yeah even when I hear somebody else go through it it's it like makes me so proud of like the persistence that you would have to have to even get to that point or the 
the courage you have to have to say like, you know what, I know my brain is thinking I can't, but for some reason, like my heart is telling me I can and I'm going to try. Yeah. Yeah. Which is so true. And it's so, it's insane. Like I love hearing people's stories of like their injuries or their crossroads where like they definitely, you know, had moments where they were going to give up, but something within them was like, nah, mm-hmm. keep going, right. keep going. Cause I think like, like a lot of my friends will say, oh gosh, if that had happened to me, like I would have just quit dancing, you know, like I like I wouldn't be able to push through it, blah blah blah. And I said, yeah, that that definitely comes into your mind when you're going through it. Like you're like, is uh-huh. this even worth it? Am I gonna be able to do it? This is too hard. You know, you just want it to be over. But then there's that inkling in the back of you that loves what you do so much that you're like, you know what? There's just no other option but to go for it. Yep. Like, why would I want to end up just sitting in my house and giving up on everything I've ever loved, being like, well, just can't, like, I'm like, there is just no other option. And you're still going to have the moments where you feel like that, but there's that spark in you at the end of it that goes, all right, well, you had your day, you had your day of feeling sorry for yourself, and you had your day of this, but, like, today, let's go to the gym and let's do two workouts instead. Yeah. Or, like, that's, like, I used to research, like, other athletes that have, like, you know, done the same injury or even different injuries and what they said about their recovery. And I think that's really important. Like I found that really helpful is talking to people yeah. and like hearing the stories or reading them to kind of see like, well, it's not impossible. Other people have done it. So I can too. And it might take me more time. It might take me less time, but I definitely am going to try like, and I'm going to do it. I love that, Tash. That's awesome. And you kind of hinted right there a little bit about how you, what you would do to get your mind back focused on your ability to do it. But what other things that you, did you do during the process that helped you stay in the right state of mind in this belief state or refocused you some like mental or emotional tips that you can give out to people? Um, I kind of, I, like, have a list of things that I do, like, even when I'm not injured. So if I'm having kind of, like, a negative or sad day, um, for me, it's even sometimes as basic as going and just journaling mm-hmm. in a cafe or by the ocean because I feel like mm. I get to see my thoughts. And most of the time they're, like, overreactive thoughts, just trying to protect myself. And I'll kind of see through that and be like, oh, okay, like, you know, deep down I actually feel like this and... I'll write it down and then kind of get inspired to be like, well, what can I do to make this stuff happen? And I went, I would go through it a few times actually where I just, I doubt myself so much, but then I'd be like, well, if you don't feel strong enough, then I've got to, I've got to work harder at it. So I like would have a week where I did gym, you know, four times instead. And I did like work out every single day instead of only three days or whatever. And I, and I remember at the end of those weeks feeling so strong and like so much improvement in my leg that I was like, okay, so it might just take a bit more dedication, but I'm going to get there. Um, I would do little things like see my friends and do things that don't involve rehab and don't even talk about my needs. Yes. Just be human for a second. Yes. Like, you know, right? go and have some wine and cheese and... <laughs> maybe go out to a bar and listen to live music and not give a crap about everything. Like I, um, I booked a trip to Europe actually when the second I did my knee, cause I was kind of like, all right, 
this is going to be like my um, present to myself, I guess, mm-hmm. if I get through my rehab and it's at a good time where I'll be able to do things and whatever. And it kind of came at a good time because I was, I was kind of starting to dance, but I also was doubting my abilities so much. And I kind of got into another bit of like a little negative patch. And so I took off. I went to Europe. I didn't tell anyone that I was a dancer or what I'd done in my career. And I literally was just tash, staying in hostels and camping, traveling around. And like that absolutely just changed my whole perspective on like my life and what this injury was for me. And I realized how strong I was and how happy I'd come out of it because mm. I was just a human, just like traveling. Yeah seeing things, making connections with people from all over the world, friends, and just, like, realizing how much I'm grateful for, like, that I've learned through this process. And, yeah, it was, that was, like, the best thing I did for myself. It is such a, it is an all-consuming rehab at, at certain times. That I think whenever you can rest from that, whether it's a little rest of journaling and, you know, actually get releasing some of those emotions or it's a bigger rest like taking a trip and you know or going to the beach and just being in like surrounded by nature or relationships I think the rest from the rehab is so crucial in order for you to understand like I'm not just a person that's injured I am a great friend and a great sister and a great um you know, I like exploring and nature and yeah. making new relationships, like all those things. I think you realize that there are, there is so much more. Yeah. And I think it's so important because it's easy to get obsessive over it and it becomes your world because it kind of is like, yeah. especially the beginning days, you've got to be doing something every day, even if it's just, you know, really basic small exercises, but it can feel like so consuming. And so, like, like you're locked off from the rest of the world because you're the only one experiencing this and going through it. And I, I think it's so important to have those breaks for yourself mm-hmm. and also for your body. Like, my physio would sometimes be like, like, I'd say, oh, you know what? I was really lazy this week. I didn't really do anything because I just honestly I was over it and I wanted to be a human and hang out with my friends. And they just smiled. They're like, that's so good. That's yeah. exactly what you needed. Your body needed a rest because you've been absolutely demolishing it. Right. And, like, even when I went to Europe, they're like, go, Tash. And they sent me a message as soon as I left. Please don't do your rehab every day. said, please go out, have some drinks, meet cool people. Your knee yeah. will be fine. Yep. And, you know, there was parts of me that felt so guilty because I'm so, like, diligent with that stuff. But I came back and literally my knee was stronger than when I left. Mm. And it was kind of weird for me to be like, wow, like, your body does need rest. You need to love it and you need to do it through happiness, not just like anger rehab. Being like, wow, <laughs> anger <whatever."> rehab. <laughs> that is so true. There is anger rehab. Like, oh yeah. gosh. Um, I, this is so, I, I really am enjoying talking to you. I have a few more questions and um, I don't want to take up too much of your time, but um, this has been oh, so. Nothing on today. Okay. Okay. And it's raining in LA. So like, what is there to do when it's raining in LA? People don't drive then for sure. Um, um, okay. I, I told you, I, I stalked your Instagram because I needed to do my research, right? I needed to make sure Mm -hmm. like I knew some stuff going in about you. And I read, I read the link you have in your bio about a dance class that you took. 
and with oh, Tice, Tice Diorio. 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 Um, whoa, so cool. Just, I, I loved hearing, um, and I'll, I'll link it in the podcast notes so people can go and also read this, but you oh. talked about so many things that I think are really uh, important, and especially when you're going through a rehab and how it taught you that we don't need to prove ourselves. Um, maybe expand a little bit on that idea and how that has helped you continue to get back to like who a hundred percent of Tash is, you know, like I'm always, I'm yeah. not, I never want people to say like, I want to get back in eight months from this ACL. I, I want them to say like, I want to be a hundred percent me. And it seems like mm-hmm. that class kind of, excuse me, allowed you to tap into something within yourself that helped you take a good step in that direction. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, that class that actually came at a really good point for me too because I moved back here, like, being able to dance, but I'm being completely honest. Like, now I'm at, I think, like, a year and three months. Okay. And, like, even in those last three months from, like, my year mark, my knee has, like, improved, like, tenfold. Like... From I the year mark. Still, yeah, yeah, from the year mark. Like... Because I was probably one of those people that was like, nine, 12 months, and then that's good, you know? Mm-hmm. But it's like, it does, like, depending on your sport too, I guess, and what you need to be able to do. But it's still an ongoing process. Like, um, even now, like, I guess when I took that class too, there was a part of me that was like, I know I'm not dancing my 110% best. So I was a little bit nervous because my ego was like, oh, like, I'm not you know, performing as I should be, how I used to be, all this mm. kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But the second he started talking about all that kind of stuff, it kind of all clicked that that was okay. Um, and it kind of clicked with, like, everything I'd learned that year. Like, I think as soon as you do an injury or something like that, it's like you lose a part of or you feel like you lose a part of yourself. Yeah. Because we're so used to, like... Uh, all the extrinsic rewards. Like we base ourselves, we're in such a world now where we base ourselves off how many followers you have, how many likes you get, how many friends do this, uh, if you got accepted into this, if you, you know, got rejected in an audition, all that kind of stuff is like what we validate ourselves off. And it's like, when you look at that, that's not any true part of yourself. That's merely like what others are seeing and it's like how awful that I as a human value myself over all this outside stuff mm-hmm. you know what I mean like um, yeah like yeah and he was saying that because that's like the dancers that's what an audition is you go in you're in there with like 400 people and you're literally you know looking at yourself being like oh like am I good enough and you know, you try extra hard and it's like almost like this desperation to be good or to be yourself comes out. Um, and you're like trying to prove yourself, I guess. And that's similar to the end of your rehab that you're like trying to prove that you yeah. can do this and that you're better and all this kind of stuff. And he spoke how like that, like that doesn't read as a strong person or a confident person. He's like, you know, when you're in a room, it should come from like, inside your heart and your tummy this just a deep sense of knowing that like I know who I am I know my worth I know what I'm capable of I know I'm freaking talented and like it's either something that someone's gonna like or they're not gonna like but regardless of that that doesn't decrease like 
yeah. me and it doesn't decrease how much my light shines. Like, you know, my light shines really bright and people are either going to see it or they're not going to see it. But regardless of that, it doesn't get dimmed. It doesn't change colour. It's still exactly who it is, like, intact. And and that was the first time that, like, someone else put into words how I felt. Yeah. Because before I used to be, like, before my injury, I very much was like, I am Tash Marconi. I'm, you know, a successful dancer. And this is what I do. And this is, this is me. And then that got taken away. So it's like, oh, I'm Tash. Who the hell am I? I was mm-hmm. like, I don't actually know. Like, if I'm not in dance class or if I'm not booking a job and people are seeing that I'm working and, you know what I mean, and seeing in that light, like, who am I? And it took the whole year, but, like, to realize that, like, well, I started my blog in the first place because I was like, well, you know what? I actually love writing. Yeah. Like, I love writing so much and I want to write a book one day and I love contributing to people and helping to inspire people and all this kind of stuff. So I started programs for like young girls and I kind of dedicated my whole year to like learning how to like learning what I love within myself that I love travel. I love meeting new people. I love having time on my own. Um, you know, I love reading books and knowledge and um, that I'm, I'm a good friend. I, you know, I love helping others and all that kind of stuff. And it, and I guess like going to Europe for me was this, solidification of all that as being like I have never known myself so well because I was so busy focusing on everything else that necessarily doesn't matter I was purely focusing on my appearance that I never like looked inside myself and like until that class it hadn't clicked yet that like I was there and when he spoke I kind of was like yeah like that is exactly how I feel and how I want to keep feeling forever you know I want to be able to walk into a crowd of people and know so deeply within myself that I'm a strong person I'm this and that whatever you know that you are Mm -hmm. but just knowing it like I don't have to prove it I don't have to go out of my way to prove anything to anyone whether it's in an audition a competition out just meeting new people like oh it was just so special and like seeing him say that but so calmly and like you know Matter of fact. It was like so matter of fact. It clicked. It was like, and yeah, I looked looked at him and I was like, he's not this big flamboyant person going like, I am Tice, I am this. He literally was just like, hey, like you should know yourself. And it was so empowering. And Mm. you looked at him like, whoa, you are like a complete warrior. You are such a strong person. Yeah. Yeah, it came from such a timid place. Like, it was so beautiful. Mm. It was really, really cool. Yeah. And is that um, – so I know that since your your first real big major performance after your ACL was um, – was it the American Music Awards? Yeah. Yeah. Was that yeah, was that A-S-S. class before or after that? Was that what? Was that class you were just speaking of before or after that performance? Um, that was before the performance. Yeah. That was literally like probably like my second week back in LA. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So you still progressed back and um your first big performance was with Nick Jonas and um yeah. I I've 
remember looking at your picture. I think I commented it or said sent you a, a, te- a DM after that just saying you just looked different. Like it looked like you were yeah. fully back again. And maybe there's still some little things that you're you're working through um, as far as like range of motion and certain moves that maybe still f- scare you. But um, did it what were the feelings like to be back on stage performing at that that kind of level? It was crazy, like, yeah, I'm getting emotional, but... It's oh, okay. Um, yeah, you can, yeah. <laughs> I cried. I did a podcast the other day, and I cried, so, like, girl, yeah. let it out. <laughs> it's good, and it's good to, like, show that, like... You, it means something. like this. It's like, yeah. you know, that was, like, a dream of mine, and it would be, like, at the top of my goal list for so long, to be like, I'm going to do, like, a musical award and blah, 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 and my parents going to watch it, like back home, blah, 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 um, and it was just so crazy, like, I remember the guy who booked me on it, the choreographer, Carl Hanagami, I met him when I was, like, 19, uh-huh. um, and it was my first time going to LA by myself training, this is another example of, like, how life is just works, Yep. and it's crazy how it works, but he just, like, fell in love with my dancing then, and I kind of just kept in contact with him a little bit, and then ended up moving here and he became like my mentor and um, I worked with him and assisted him on a lot of cool stuff and he kind of was like my saviour kind of the whole time I've been here and then it was crazy that like I got to tick off a dream goal, my first job back from my injury, my first time in a rehearsal room again, my first time dancing again, performing like you know, I'd imagined that being, like, a really small little job, like, out here and whatever, like, some random thing. I never really thought that I was, my first performance back would be, like, one of my main goals that I've had for the past five years. Right. And to also be on it with someone who's meant so much to me. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just insane. Like, when it got confirmed, um, I was on my bed, and I literally, like, opened my phone I think my Instagram and Nick Jonas posted a photo because like I'd heard, I'd heard that I was like getting uh, like an avail. So you get like an availability check as a dancer. Okay. They'll be like, Oh, are you available for these dates? And you'll be like, yes, I am. Okay, cool. And then, you know, the casting person will look at it and it, it's very much like it's never about your talent. It's like, how long's your hair? What color are your eyes? Really? What? Oh, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's like they send a photo of you and they literally look at the photo and say yes or no. So it's a very hard industry to be in for your mind. Yeah. Because it literally is like, you know, it's not like um, gymnastics or something where if I do a perfect backflip, I get a score of X amount. Right. It's like I could do the perfect performance, but someone might just not like me mm. or my hair might be the wrong color. So it was like literally anxious day waiting and being like oh my god please like I really have to get this and then I opened my phone and like a photo of Nick Jonas popped up and I was like huh hmm. I was like that's so weird and right. I I literally in my stomach went I'm gonna get this I've got it like I just knew it was so weird and then as soon as I said that my phone rang and it was like you're booked um you're doing AMAs and I just burst into tears oh. like I mean burst into tears yeah and I called my mum and she was at work and was like screaming and crying like on FaceTime being like oh my god like my daughter blah, blah, blah. like 
you know, screaming it to all her work colleagues, mm-hmm. like, oh, it was such an incredible moment yeah. just to be like, I did it. Like, I moved back here even when I thought I wouldn't. I'm back dancing yep. and I just kicked off something that I dreamt of. You oh. know, like, it was... It was insane, and though I pinched myself so many times in rehearsals because I was obviously scared, like, am I going to be able to do everything? How's my knee going to hold up with, like, you know, the exhaustion, I guess, of, uh-huh. like, dancing all the time? Right. Um, and I remember, like, we did this crawling section on our knees and stuff that, like, got taken out for the end, but at first it was in it, and I literally remember being like, I'm back. Like, oh. I, I just did everything. I'm in a heel, I'm dancing, my knee doesn't even hurt. I It was the first time I actually also didn't think about my knee. Like when we did the tech run, I was like, whoa, this is the first time that wow. like I wasn't fearful. Like I actually performed like before my injury mm-hmm. and didn't even think about it. And it was just magical. Uh, it was literally the best feeling in the world just to experience that it was so cool I love that I love hearing you you talk about it too and um yeah just those pictures and your smile you could just see within you that you did feel back like you you felt like you again yeah I felt whole and like a lot of people have actually said that watching videos of me dance and you know they're like you're different like yeah you just seem like so grateful for your movement and so present and yes. I can actually say like I feel like that and like <sighs> when I dance I feel like I dance completely different because I just like I don't question myself yeah I'm like you know what I got back here like so how I dance actually doesn't matter to me at all because I'm dancing again regardless like Mm. I'm back, I'm dancing in LA, so I might as well not give a shit about what anyone thinks of me. Yeah. And do me yep. and be proud of it. And Good. like, you know, and every time I move, I'm just so grateful that I'm just able to move again. Yeah. Because you question it for so long. I, you know, I feel like it's the same someone when they take their first slope I like skiing and that feeling in your heart of being like, oh my God, like I am back here. Yeah. Which is so cool. Yay. I love that. I love that. Um, okay. I have two like questions to end with, but I like to do a little rapid fire and have fun and get to know you a little bit more. Um, okay. So here we go. I tried to relate it as much to, um, maybe being a dancer, but also just normal, regular things too. So, um, forgive me if I ask anything that's really silly, but Also, whatever, being silly is fun. (laughs) Um, Okay, coffee or tea? Oh, coffee, definitely. I just finished having one yet. Mm. Um, Favorite color? Uh, Yellow. Would you rather choreograph something or dance in something? Dance in something, absolutely. Yeah. Do you you aspire to continue, like, choreographing and doing that as well, though? Um, I do, but I don't know. I... I talk about this a lot with my friends. Like, some people are born, like, they're just born as creators. Mm. Like, they have ideas yep. flowing out of their brain yep. and all that. But for me, I love doing it. Like, I love the pressure of having to make something look good on my body and create someone's vision from their head onto me. Cool. And, like, just the feeling of performing and being the one on stage. So, yeah. not that I'll never go into choreography, but it definitely isn't the thing that kind it of, drives like, you. sparks me yeah, yeah I don't know 
I think like I even see myself doing more things like writing and blogging when I'm older mm. than choreographing mm-hmm. just because I like expressing myself in that way. Right. This is how bad yeah. I am at, this is how bad I am at rapid fire. I already divulged into a different question, but anyways, <laughs> um, what's your favorite emoji? Oh, emoji. Oh, the one with the like triangle eyes and the tongue out. Okay. Yep. Uh, <laughs> favorite book. Favorite book. Oh, this is tough. Um, oh, the motivation manifesto Ooh. by Brendan Burchard. Okay. I'm going to have to write that yeah. down. Uh, last yeah. last song you sang to in your car? Um, oh, last song I sang to in my car? Oh, Dime by Rachel Crow. Okay. Uh, who's your favorite artist? <laughs> oh, my favorite artist? Um, so hard. Um, <laughs> I've been the wrong person. Um, <laughs> You know what? I do love Sean Mendes lately. Yeah, he's killing it. He's killing it. Um, Favorite country you've been to? Ooh. um, I think France. Mm, I love love France, too. Yeah, it's just magical. It is. It's something about it. It makes you feel a different way. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Do you actually like Vegemite? Do you eat that? Me? Yeah. Uh, No. People like that. I have it. I know, people really like it. I've definitely made my, like, roommates and everyone that comes over try it. But, um, no, I I like, do like it when, like, I'm not feeling very well or maybe I've had a big night. Okay. <laughs> I just want to have, like, basic toast with, like, it basically Something on like it. soy sauce. Yeah. It's just, like, oh, so yeah. salty. So salty. But, no, there's not a real love there. Yeah. What's your favorite dance form? <laughs> My favorite dance form. Or what do you call it? Um, dance. What would you call it? Style. 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 Yeah, style. Yeah. But um, definitely contemporary. Okay. Your favorite music uh, genre? Ooh. Probably like uh, alternative. Like, um, I like alternative, like chill kind of music. Okay. Usually acoustic versions of things. Yeah, I, I can dig that too. Just listening to YouTube, like go on and on with different acoustic versions of things yeah it's so good (laughs) (laughs) uh what's your favorite sport outside of dancing do you consider dancing a sport because I do because it's so hard but I don't know what you guys consider it a sport yeah um my favorite sport outside of that um I do enjoy surfing I'm not Mm. really great at it but I love surfing and otherwise I'm touch football I miss it I used to play in high school all the time okay I love touch yeah, get yeah. on, get on a touch football little squad out there. I know. <laughs> um, are you an early bird or a night owl? Um, night owl probably. Oh, you know what? I don't know. Depends. Okay, yeah. let's say night owl. But sometimes I'm not very good at staying up late either. <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually had who's your mentor on there. Weird, huh? That you had you already spoke about who your mentor was. Yeah. Um, yeah. So definitely would be Carl Hanagami. Yeah. Um out here yeah he's definitely like changed how I am as a dancer right. and just like really looked after me uh the last thing you were really inspired by hmm. what did I watch I'm trying to think um 
I'm trying to think. Oh, my God, I'm so bad. No, that's a hard um, one because it's not really a rapid-fire question. <laughs> I just threw it in there because I was yeah, like, oh, this could be good. I feel like I watched a dance video literally the other day and was like, oh, holy crap. Um, hmm. Oh, okay. I can remember there was a video that Cassandra Chavez did for Derek Huff's um, new song with uh, a girl that I know, Steph Minkone, and another boy. And that was really, really amazing. Mm. Like, it was such a special story, too. Okay. Um, that was, yeah. You'll have to send it to me, and I'll link it. it. I'll link it so people yeah. can see what you were talking about. Um, yeah. Cool. Well, that is all I have for, for the rapid fire. Last two questions. Um, when your dance career is said and done, what three words do you hope people use to describe your career? Or Ooh. you? Or your impact in dance? Me? Yeah. Um, uh, I like the word warrior because I like people to look at, like, to look at me and be able to see it as a form of, like, inspiration mm-hmm. to see that it's, like, you know, you, they can look at my career and my story and see that I had to push through so much, uh, like so many, so much adversity and hard times to get to where I am. That it wasn't just handed to me on a silver platter. Mm-hmm. You know that I had to leave it free, reconstruct myself, all these things. And I want to look at them and say, like, them to say, like, she's a warrior and she bloody did it. Yeah. Um, and then I think radiant or magnetic. Like, I want to be the type of performer that someone watches me if they get too live or in a piece and that they just drawn, drawn to me by whatever it is. If it's something like in my soul that I'm giving to them and my emotion that I'm bringing to the piece, I just want them to think of me as like a captivating performer. I love that. that like, yeah. That's awesome. All of those. Super cool. Yeah. Um, right. Last question. And the podcast is called show your scars. And I just like to know what show your scars means to you. Uh, show your scars to me probably means being vulnerable um, and not being ashamed of your story. It's like thinking of your scars as something which is giving you wings and like, you know, it's like fire. It might have scorched you, but like you're still like, you're still alive. You're still pushing and these are like memories of the past that you've had. It's memories of the journey that's gotten you to be the person that you are today. It's reminders of all the hard times and everything you've pushed through and how amazing you are to mm-hmm. have gotten through it all. And it's, yeah, it's a piece of your history. So it's something to share, to tell people. Um, you never know if sharing your story is the one thing that makes someone else think that they can get through their recovery or they can get through something that they're going through at the time so yeah I think it just means like being vulnerable and being honest and being proud more than anything um to show them and to tell their story because they made you you and you're amazing so it should be shared yeah mic drop that was awesome (laughs) I love it I'm so happy I got to connect with you you know I've really enjoyed um just following you oh good just you know following your journey and watching you um dance like I love when you post dance videos and um 
hopefully you can send me something and we can show, uh, you know, post it on the ACL club and show people just how, uh, beautiful your dance is and how proud you are to show your scars and, and overcome what you've overcome. Awesome. Cool. Well, thank you so much. No, thank you. It was an absolute pleasure. It was really cool. Guys, I hope you really enjoyed what Tash had to say. I will link her Instagram and her blog and some videos that she has. The girl can dance. I am not wrong when I say that. You guys are going to be, your jaws are going to be on the floor like mine was when I saw her dancing. I need to sign up for some Tash dance lessons. That's for sure. I liked just her honesty. And one of the things that really struck me hard with this conversation is that your recovery process is not going to look like what you think it's going to look like. And there's going to be tough moments and dark moments. And the ability to get through those sometimes is just that. You have to go through it. You can't go around it. You can't avoid it. You have to go through. And Tash did that. And she's now feeling like herself again. And I think that's all we could ever ask for is to feel like ourselves again. Regardless if we're able to do what we used to be able to do or not, just that feeling of mentally and emotionally being back in a place where we're comfortable with who we are again and what we've gone through. So Tash, thank you so much for sharing a lot of your journey. And I can't wait to hear some more stories. What we've got this year in 2018 with Show Your Scars is going to be pretty dope. So make sure if you haven't yet, leave a review on iTunes. It takes about two minutes. Those two minutes mean a lot to me. And that way we can help more people listen to stories like Tash's and take little gems away from these athletes that we interview and relate them back to their lives and their recoveries. That's all we can ask for. So thank you guys so much. And go out there and show your scars with pride.